in. What does that mean, all in? I, I want to emphasize a point because I, I've got very little time this morning just because I don't want to take away from what we came here to do. And I'll explain this more in detail because I, I think sometimes we just make this a routine and we miss the purpose of this. But what I, I, I'm going to need your interactions, what I'm saying. And, and the thing is, I, I'm, I'm saved, I'm born again, and I'm on my way to heaven. And some of you are going to say, amen, I am too. And that's great. We both share that story for most of us, anyway, that are here today. But let me, let me take that a step further. And I'm going to ask you the question of why. And say, well, that's, that's easy. We, we, we recite that all the time because Jesus died on the cross. He, he was buried and he conquered the grave and he conquered sin. And the blood of Jesus Christ has covered my sin, past, present, and future. And, and, and because of that, I'm saved. Praise God for that. Isn't that good news? Amen. But how did you know that? How did you learn what I just said? Here, let me, let me tell you. It, it, it happened in my life. And I, and I look back in my life of when God did these things for me to know that I am saved. And for many of you, I'd say, how many of you are saved? And you'd raise your hand. And, and somebody or a group of people somewhere along the lines played a part in you knowing what I just said. Somebody. And, and right now, I, I want you to literally stop for a minute and think of that person. Think of that person that either reached out to you in your job, pulled you into church, sat with you for the first time, gave you that gospel track, invited you to a Christmas play, whatever it was, somebody had an impact on your life. I look back on my life and I, I think of my pastor that I had as a kid. His name was Pastor Poole. And, and I remember the messages. I remember one time as a kid and he probably thought, what's the big deal? But I, I don't know, my, my dad was a deacon and we were close to the, my pastor. And one day he came up to me and he, he put his arm around me and he said, me and Mom Poole, that, we were Southerners, her name was Mom Poole. Me and Mom Poole want to have you come over this afternoon and just spend the afternoon with us. And he brought me out to his garage and he was working on a project and we worked on that. I got to hold the wood and we went inside and she prepared this big Sunday afternoon meal. And he was asking me how school was going and loving it. And I'm sure to him it was just like, hey, I just felt like this was. But he has no idea all these years later what difference that made in my life. I, I look at, I had a school teacher. She was not only a school teacher, she was a pastor's wife. Sometimes we would not make it all the way through the lessons that we were studying in class that day because she would get so burdened for, for us and she would start breaking down and she'd be crying and she'd be standing up there and she'd take her English book and she'd close it and be like, guys, I can't begin to tell you how much I love you and, and some of you have potential and some of you, and we were on this trip one time and we got on the bus and I had that awful situation where she looked up at me and she's like, come here. And I'm like, no, I want to sit with my friends. And she called me up and she did the pat on the seat thing. And I sat next to her and she said, Tony, I don't know if I tell you enough how much I love you. And, and I just, I know that God has a plan for you. And, you know, she probably thought after that, ah, oh, what good did that do? But here I am 20 some years later and I remember that. I wish I could tell them now. Your labor was not in vain in the Lord. But the thing, we can talk all day long and some of you are sitting there right there and saying, I remember that person or those people that invested in my life that I would know this. 
That, that, and we, we can say all day long, but the thing is, God uses us to give this for, they, for them to know him. God used people in my life that answered the call to do ministry to help me get where I'm at today. I'm thankful. Let me say to every junior church worker and everyone that sings in a ministry and everyone that works with special needs in all the other areas, and you're thinking, what difference does this make? I want you to know that your efforts, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I'm going to use an illustration as I go through this today because I think most of us in one way or another are going to connect with this. How many of you here today were saved through a ministry of Fellowship Baptist Church? Raise your hand. That's awesome. All right, take it to the next level. How many of you know of someone, child, aunt, uncle, friend, whatever, uh, that was saved through one of the ministries of this church? Raise your hand. Okay, that was probably at least half or more. So what's your point? I, I started thinking about the, the ministry of Pastor and Mrs. Denoff, and, and this is a big year for us. This is our 50th anniversary. We have a lot to be excited about, a lot to be thank God for. And, and looking in our church, there is first, second, and third generations of family that were saved through the ministries of Fellowship Baptist Church. Ever stop and wonder why? Have you ever stopped and thought, how in the world did this happen? Because I remember Pastor Denall walking and, and telling me the stories about coming onto this place and just seeing a big field and going, what in the world? How, how is this possible? Uh, and he even had lots of people that were supposed to get behind him that said, you're crazy, it will never work. That's not the type of church and everything that tried to talk him down. He said, wow, look at all, all that God did. Well, let me tell you a big shocking fact around this. It didn't just happen overnight. It, it didn't happen because somebody just wished it to happen. It worked because, and happened because somebody put the vision and the work and the effort into making it happen. That word work is kind of a scary thought. Because we've gotten to the point where we want to soak it up, but I don't want to put into it. You know what happens, the Bible says, where there is no vision, where, where, where people can't see the work? You know what happens when there is no vision? Tell me, church, what happens when there is no vision? You can sit there all day long and look around and say, wow, look, what, look, look at the people, look at the world, look at the society. What is going wrong? What happened? What are we missing out on? Imagine, as Pastor Denoff, and I can say this because a lot of you were part of this. They showed up and they did the work. And some came on and they were saved and they caught the vision and they did the work. And some came along them and they caught the vision and they did the work. The theme of our church to get us to the point where people could raise their hand and go, I know what you're saying, I know what you're talking about with this. It was 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren... Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It makes a difference. And what will kill the next generation if our generation quits having a vision to keep going with the vision that was here from the beginning. If we lose our passion, we get to the idea that it's no big deal. When we sit in a pew and we enjoy the blessings rather than always abounding in the work of the Lord, which was the command that God has given us. So I'm going to ask you guys to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 4. Say, I know this story. It's a woman at the well. Well, we're not going to focus on the woman at the well. I just I, Two points that I want to give to you as we look at this. 
and then we'll go into our communion. Jesus was with the disciples after he encountered the woman at the well. She had run, at this point, she had run into the city and said, come see a man that told me all that I've ever done. She got it. She was stirred up. She was moved. She was telling other people. It's what should happen. The disciples came back and they found Jesus and they were with Jesus, but they still did not get it. Let me show you two points. Number one, the priority of the work. The priority of the work. Jesus said unto them in verse 34, John chapter 4, verse 34, Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me. And to finish his what? Let's, let's do it. And to finish his. Are we Christians? Are we Christ like? It's like, man, I, Lord, I want to follow. I want to do your will. I, I want to be just like you. Jesus said, Guys, I, I, you're really caught up with what you're doing right now, but I'm telling you, I am here to do the work of my Father. That's why I'm here. I am here to do the work of him that sent me. Look at the next verse. Say not ye. There is yet four months and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. He said, guys, did you see that woman that walked out of here that was married five times? Nobody loved her. Let me tell you, there is a whole sea of more people. There's a whole world of more people just like her. Do you see that? Let let me ask you a question. Where did the disciples go during this incredible encounter with this woman at the well? Who, Who knows? They went to get what? They went to get lunch. They ran into town for a McMahon sandwich. They they were they were there to they they were thinking of their bellies that they had what they wanted right in front of them what they wanted and Jesus' vision was a whole lot bigger than that. They come back with crumbs all over their face, wanting to know. Here's what I have found for us as Christians: we can be so self focused when we sit there and say, "I'm saved. I'm a Christian. I've got my routine." I, I, I know what I like to do, and, and, and everything is right before us. And then what I'm trying to emphasize, I want you to get, we're going to look at this verse of what he was trying to say. We, we, we come to church, and we, we enjoy what we do, and, and so many of them, and I'm not saying that this is bad, but I'm telling you that there's just more. We, we come to church, and we sit, can I sit with you? We, we, we soak this up. And there, there's nothing wrong with this, and let me tell you guys, we should we walk in and we sit there and a lot of us go around finding the, not sitting there, you know, find, find the cushion versus the padded pews. And we sit there, and, uh, we, we comment about who's singing, what they're singing. Do I like this song? What, what's next? Oh, that video was funny. I thought that was cheesy. That guy is bald. We have all these things going on. Our, our lives can be so right here, right here, right here with everything. So the disciples, they were doing the work of God. They were engaged in this. And then God was sitting there and he said, guys, guys, look up, look up, look, look, look up. Guys, stop. That, this is good. This is good. I'll tell you what, get, get in your Bibles. This is good, but look up. You see it? Do you, do you see what I see? Guys, I'm, I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you know that song and I'm, I'm glad you got that outline. But did you see that? Do, do you see that? Get that in your mind. Is that what you're thinking of? And, then, and you say, what's going on? That's what Jesus was seeing. As they were looking at that, what they wanted, Jesus said, that's what's on my heart. That, that is what's on my mind. That is what I want. That is what motivates me. 
That, that is why I didn't go in the town and that. And guys, yes, there's things that I want, like you want lunch, but there's some things that need to be done. I must be about my father's business. And I find us so consumed. And we'll come in and we'll sing about it. We'll talk about it. We'll read about it. But what do we do about it? What do we look up and see? Do you know why he had to say, guys, lift up your eyes? Because they were all like this, doing, 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 doing. You want, you want a confession? I'll give you a confession. That's me a lot of times in my life. I'm involved in the programs of the church, and I forget about the ministry of the church. I, I'm, I'm very busy, but I can, over, I can overlook people. If you stand up and you sing week after week about how great is our God and how God will save you and all these different things, but we don't tell anyone. If we don't go to them. You see, how did the woman of the well know everything about Jesus? Because Jesus went to the woman at the well. He lifted up his eyes and he was like, hey, hey, God. And they're over there and they're running into town to get their sandwich. And they missed it. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. Do you remember when you were reached? What happens when people lose their vision? There's a reason that the Bible says without a vision, people perish. Have we lost our vision? We looked at the work must be a priority. But let me close with the work must be pursued. Allow me to illustrate again and, and uh, bring this home. How many, once again, were, were reached or know of somebody that was reached through the ministries of this church? Raise your hand. Okay, hands going up all over. So let's, let's rewind. Let's rewind and say, thank God. And, and, and this, is, this is how it worked. In February of 1965, God gave Pastor Denoff a vision for the work here in Columbus, Ohio. Pastor Denoff told me before he left and came here, they came to him and said, there's a lot of other places that you'd be a lot more successful building a church than Columbus, Ohio. But see, the thing is, Pastor Denoff had a vision from God to do the work that he, of this church. And a lot of people, if you're going somewhere because it's easy or convenient or bigger money or whatever, and if it's not of God, it's not going to work. FBC started in a gym at Shady Lane Elementary School. They had 29 in attendance the first Sunday in 1965. God blessed, the vision continued, and things changed. Thank God they did not get comfortable. Because a lot of you would not be here today if they would not have moved beyond Shady Lane Elementary. So they bought the land in 1967. Pastor Denoff stepped out on faith, and they moved forward. The first church building was built in 1968. And let me say, there was a lot of hard work. You know, over and over again, when the Bible talks about labor, 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 and we sit in the pew and go, amen. The pew is there today because somebody labored, because somebody built, because somebody sacrificed. I think there's one of those pictures that shows Pastor Denoff in the ditch digging the footers for these buildings. Say, oh, it's just, I'm so glad they're here. My son would say, my granddaughter would say, oh, that, that's great. It came as a result of someone having a vision to labor for you. 
A lot of hard work and a lot of sacrifice, but God used their work and their work was not in vain. In 1969, the first bus was purchased. Seven riders came on the first Sunday and the bus ministry grew. The people caught the vision for the work and they saw God working through it. And as people were saved, let's just do another survey. People were saved through the bus ministry. Raise your hands across the thing or say, see these people? Uh, Let me tell you about a lot of these people that are raising their hands. They're in the bus ministry still. The, the, the work that God did was, it wasn't just Pastor Denoff that caught the vision of doing the work. The ones that were reached caught the vision to do the work. When that doesn't happen, people what? It's how it works. Pastor Denoff said, it's not enough. He said, hey, hey, look at, we've got these three buses and, 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 and look at our cool little building and man, we're really doing well. And pastor said, but lift up your eyes. Do you guys see that there's a lot more people? Well, well look at what we got and we're comfortable. And he said, it's not enough. They, they began, and I laugh when I see these pictures now, just seeing the vision begin of our Christmas trauma. They started in the old building. And it was just costumes that they brought together and people that began to labor. And one thing came to another thing and God began to reach people and people were saved and brought into the church 30, 40 years ago through this. They purchased more land in 1970. Pastor Denoff said, let's go, let's go, let's go. I must go through Samaria. In summer of 1971, the Sunday school department was built and things began to change. They began to invest in the next generation. Some of you are that next generation that was reached. I don't know how they did it, but they crammed these kids in there like crazy. They didn't didn't have the buildings like we have to spread out and to have these things. But they had people that labored and loved. How many of you were in one of those pictures that we've showed? Will you raise your hand? Look Look at those hands. The, the vision kept going. And uh, Pastor Denoff tells me the story. In 1975, they began the vision to build this sanctuary. And, and, and people thought he was crazy. I, I, trust me, I've had a lot of heart-to-heart talks and says, we don't need that. What's the purpose and all this? Aren't you glad that he didn't listen to all the complainers? As people were like, oh, I don't see the point of that. I don't see where he's going with that. I don't, I don't know. Da, 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 da. But you know what? He said, I must Lift up my eyes into the harvest. If I don't have a vision, the people will perish. So what do you mean? As a result of their sacrifice, my wife and three kids have been saved through the ministry of Fellowship Baptist Church. Thank God they did not quit. Pastor Donald said, I did it. A lot of people left, but they kept still going. He said, there's more work to be done because he had a vision. In 1977, it was built in the dedication of the service. 2,600 people were in attendance that day. Say, how? Because it lifted up his eyes. And he saw what others did not see. It was a vision to move forward. It was a vision for people. On behalf of all of us, to Mrs. Denoff, we say that your labor was not in vain in the Lord. We get to enjoy the blessings of all of those things that happened. Let me ask you some questions. What would have happened if here, if some people would have stepped back and said, you know what, 
I, I love Shady Lane Elementary, and it just, that's where we started, and it's so comfortable, and I just, I, I love that we were a small little family, and I, having the idea of being in that big building, just, I hate that. What if he would have listened? What would have happened if people would have loved the old sanctuary so much and just said, I, I, I was saved, I was, my, my family was married in that class, or, or, or through there, and, and my, my kids, and my, and my grandkids, and I was baptized in that old building. I, I don't want, uh, the, the idea of doing this building just scares me to death. I, I'm just so attached to that. How many would have perished if he would have lost his vision? Who would not be here today if Pastor Denoff wouldn't have had the pageant the first time and had a vision to do it the second time and the third time and the fourth time? Vision requires moving forward, and vision requires change. See, I don't like it. I don't like the changing world that we live in either. But everything that he did, he did for the sake of looking forward to the people that he was trying to reach. And we get so looking at what is before us that we lose sight. Yes, there are things that don't change, but the ministry and the things that we do within the ministry, those things change. We, we have had to do some crazy things within the walls of this church in order to protect the kids as we go on the bus. And most churches have shut down their bus ministry because they say, well, you have to do background checks and have this extended insurance and all the other things that go around with it. Yes, but without a vision, the people will perish. So we press on. I'm, I'm not, Pastor Donald told me, he said, I was never trying to mimic what other people have done, but I did have a focus on what needed to be done. In the world that we live in, I'll tell you, the fields that we are looking at that are white under harvest are way different than the fields were back then. They're different than it was when I was a kid. Porn is more accessible than water. People are struggling with addictions now that are now legalized and sold. Our, our children are having children. God is rejected in the schoolroom as well as the state house. The, the family structures are different. Having split home and shared parenting is part of our everyday lives. Entertainment has become cesspools. Lifestyles and, and schedules are beyond crazy. They run us, they push us down, they pull us apart, they frustrate us. You can hate it all day long. But it doesn't change the fact that that is the field that we need to harvest. And what happens is we get so bogged down with, I wish it was, I wish it was, I wish it was, but here's the fact, it's not. We, we, we try so hard to preserve the past that we don't have vision for the future. And, and it's in all of us. You say, I wish we could go back to the day where Families were together and mom and dad would hold hands and they would get uh, and all these things that we see in the Hallmark movies. But yet, in the reality of what the world we live in, we have people that walk and sit in these churches and, and, and pews and, and their families every single day that are literally struggling and dying from the inside out. Jesus stressed this. In John 4.35, he said, Say not ye, there are yet four months and then cometh harvest. For they are white already to harvest. You know what he's saying, guys? You are acting as if you have time. And here's the thing. There is no time. 
there's got to be a vision to keep going. There must, must for the sake of our children, for the sake of the addicts, for the sake of the broken, for the sake of them, there must be that same heartbeat and drive that started our church. And you say, thank God I'm saved, I'm here. But yes, there's so many more that still don't have what we have. I go back to how we started. Because this is where we're going next week. Therefore, my beloved brothers in Christ that are here today, I'm asking you, God asks you to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. But if there is no vision for the work, the people will perish.